of all the things that could have caused Ashley Mercia to come undone, she did not expect it to be tacos. I read about this 42-year-old this week. She is from Sycamore, Illinois. She had mostly kept it together for the, for the most part over these last 11 months. She'd been holding things down at her marketing job, making sure that her two kids were logged in for virtual school, and keeping her family clothed and fed and virus-free. Because her husband works in the evenings, Ashley also cooked all of the meals. At first, she loved planning out new recipes weeks in advance. The only mainstay was Taco Tuesday, her kid's favorite. It was fine until one day last month when suddenly it wasn't. She was out of meal planning ideas. She was sick of all her previous meal ideas. She was especially sick of tacos. Cooking, cleaning up, cooking, cleaning up. The daily cycle of pandemic living had become overwhelming. And not just because she was over it, it felt bigger. How much longer? How many more Taco Tuesdays? She had reached her limit. Ashley had run headlong into the pandemic wall, that sudden feeling of spiritual and emotional exhaustion with life during COVID times. Sound familiar? I'm confident it does. To be sure, the details may look different, yet we are all spent after the weeks and months we've spent living these pandemic days, we need a break, a respite, a Sabbath. Today, as we conclude our sermon series for the living of these days, we are focusing in on Sabbath rest. What does it look like and why is it important? How can we make it happen? Our scripture lesson comes from Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. Hear now God's word. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. For six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. May the Lord add insight and understanding to this holy word. In 2010, I had the great privilege of traveling to the Holy Land with an interfaith group of faith leaders and church members to tour the sacred sites of the Abrahamic faiths and to learn from one another and from those we encountered. On the first Friday night of our trip, we were invited to a Shabbat service at a large temple just outside the walls of the old city of Jerusalem. We'd spent the day visiting the Western Wall, the Dome of the Rock Islamic Shrine, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, and the Tower of David Museum. We were tired, yet we were enthusiastic about experiencing the service. It was a memorable time of exuberant joy and praise. Our invitation was extended beyond worship in the synagogue to the dinner table in the home of Rabbi Eli and his extended family. They put several tables together to accommodate us all. And although we were a large group, it felt intimate. We observed and experienced the depth of Shabbat or Sabbath to this Jewish family. 
We felt the family ties that were celebrated from father to son and daughter, and we experienced an authentic hospitality that will long be remembered. In his recent book, Morality, Restoring the Common Good in Divided Times, the late Rabbi Jonathan Sachs describes the Sabbath as a focused one day a week antidote to the workaday world mindset. He says it is dedicated to the things that have a value but not a price. It is the supremely non-market day. We can't sell or buy. We can't work or pay others to work for us. It's a day when we celebrate relationships. Husbands sing a song of praise to their wives. Parents bless their children. We take time to have a meal together with family and friends. In the synagogue, we renew our sense of community. People share their joys, a new child, a bar or bat mitzvah, an engagement, a forthcoming wedding with others. The bereaved find comfort for their grief. We study the Bible together, reminding ourselves of the story of which we are a part. We pray together, thanking God for our blessings. While there are certainly differences in how Jewish and Christian faith communities observe the Sabbath and worship in our respective communities, there are many similarities. In a discussion group that I am leading, we shared this past week the thought that we could learn from our Jewish brothers and sisters, especially about a regularly scheduled shared meal with family or chosen family that aims to focus on the blessings of God. I think the most striking part about keeping the Sabbath is that it begins by not doing anything. The Hebrew word Shabbat, which we take over into our language and translated simply means quit, stop, take a break. As such, it has no particular religious or spiritual content. Whatever you are doing, stop it. Whatever you are saying, be quiet. Sit down and take a look around you. Do not do anything. Don't say anything. Fold your hands. Take a deep breath. The late professor and author Eugene Peterson notes that it soon appears that there is more to this than simply not doing or not talking. The idea of Sabbath arrives on the pages of Genesis in the context of creation, God making heaven and earth. When the work was complete, God rested. God stopped speaking. God stopped making. Peterson says the seventh day where God was not doing took place in the midst of God's much doing. As it turned out in Israel's practice, Sabbath was never a day of simply not doing. The context wouldn't permit it. Instead, humans set aside doing other things to allow for a day of God honoring. God worked in creation, which means that all our work is done in the context of God work. Sabbath is a deliberate act of inference and interruption of our work each week, a decree of no work so that we are able to notice to attend, to listen, to reorient our lives to the work of God. The command to keep the Sabbath holy is the fourth in the listing of the Ten Commandments revealed to Moses. 
It is given in two forms, one in Exodus and the other in Deuteronomy. The commands are nearly identical in the two listings, but the reasons supporting the commands differ. The reason given in Exodus is that this is what God did. God worked six days and quit working on the seventh. The reason given in Deuteronomy is when God's people were slaves in Egypt, it was work. Work, work, work. Incessant, unrelieved work. They must never themselves perpetuate such oppression. They must quit work each seventh day so that their slaves and livestock and children will get a day off. The Exodus reason supports a life of believing in God, Sabbath keeping as a way to get in on what God does. The Deuteronomy reason supports a life of love, Sabbath keeping as a way to love your neighbor, a simple act of justice. The Exodus command to remember the Sabbath is backed up by the precedent of God, who rested on the seventh day. When we remember the Sabbath and rest on the Sabbath, we enter into and we maintain the rhythm of creation. We keep time with God. Sabbath keeping preserves and honors time as God's gift of holy rest. It is a counterbalance to reducing time to money or reducing time to what we can get out of it. It's against leaving, leaving no time for God or beauty or anything that cannot be used or purchased. It is a defense against the hurry that desecrates time. In other words, the call of Sabbath keeping is to rest, to redemption, to recreation. Rest is meaningful and sacred work of getting to know God. Rest is not the same as plopping in front of the ball game with a plate of nachos and the beverage of your choosing. God has not called us to be couch potatoes. The call to Sabbath keeping is to do more with our lives than work ourselves to death so that we can fall asleep as we are binge-watching the latest release on Netflix or holding our lives together all year so we can get those two weeks away worrying about all we have to do when we get back home. The Sabbath is a holy day, which is not the same as a holiday, it is sacred space and time. What do you think God did on the seventh day? Slept in? Ran errands? Sat around wondering what to do for an encore? No. God walked in the garden at sunset. Perhaps now that there was a sun to set. This is the one and the same God who infuses relationships with redemptive and recreative power. On that seventh day, God got to know creation. And as we look at the life of God's Son, we can see more clearly aspects of the significance of the Sabbath. When we see that Jesus' activity on the Sabbath was of like mind, when the Pharisees were quick to point out that he was not resting, do you remember how he responded? 
He said that they were missing the point. They were clueless. He helps us see that meaningful, redemptive, relational work is what the Sabbath is all about. What better redemptive act than to heal someone as Jesus did? Are we missing the point? If we are created in God's image, why should we not be about recreating lives through love? The Pharisees were worried about people breaking the rules. Jesus was reminding his disciples that faith is not based on what you don't do. And I know you may be feeling like Ashley from Illinois, the one I spoke of, who lost it over Taco Tuesday. It's kind of over the top, isn't it, in these pandemic days to think about setting aside time in the midst of all the things? But for the living of these days to be what God hopes for each and every one of us, let's recommit to try again. God promises as we observe some kind of Sabbath rest, as we prioritize that renewal and restoration, God will meet us in new and fresh ways if we make time for ourselves and those we love to seek out God's presence in our everyday. The promise is there in Exodus, in Deuteronomy, and more. May it be so. All thanks be to God. Amen.